This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast as we uh, put a finishing touch on Championship Sunday. And look ahead to the Super Bowl to be played in Vegas on February 11th. It will be a rematch of recent vintage, a game I was at in Miami, a game that Kansas City came from behind in the fourth quarter. Uh, Remember the game very, very well. Uh, Took my boys. Harrison, of course, a big Chief fan. Took Julio as our fourth. He, of course, a big Niner fan. So we had both sides covered. Garoppolo was one play away. He missed Kittle on a third down. He should have hit him. If he did, they would have won the game. Uh, They didn't, and the Chiefs then put together a run, got a turnover, broke it open late, and went on to a victory. Uh, Now they get a rematch this year, Kansas City and San Francisco. Let's go through how they get there. And, of course, San Francisco has been installed as a a two-and-a-half-point uh, favorite, but let's be honest, this game is dead even. And if you like Kansas City, uh, nobody can blame you because they are great in these games. And Mahomes is an inch away from immortality at a very early stage in his career. Uh, today, Kansas City goes into Baltimore. I thought that Kansas City had a great chance to win this game. I thought that they would have to make plays. I thought that uh, the kicking game was pretty even. I thought that their defense was underrated, and their defense is how they won today. Let's be honest. Kansas City spread them out early, did some good things with Kelsey making some catches. He looked like the old Kelsey today. Mahomes making some good plays, getting the ball to Rice nine times, six times in the first half, getting the ball to Kelsey nine times for 96. And what they did in the first half was they kept the ball away from the Ravens, who never got a chance to get that running game going. The Ravens had the ball for nine minutes in the first half. They got outgained badly. They got doubled in number of plays, and they find themselves in a hole. And you're figuring, okay, and I my my look at the game was this at the half. I said, listen, Kansas City gets the 24, they win. I said they need one more touchdown, and I feel they'll win the game. I did not really think they would win the game at 17. I did not think that their offense would be absolutely closed down, and not only closed down, dominated in the second half. Baltimore literally and figuratively beat Kansas City up in the second half. But the Kansas City defense kept making plays. And to me, the biggest play in this game, without any question, 
is Flowers fumbling that ball before he broke the plane, which made it a touchback. I think if they score there, the way their defense is shutting things down, I really thought there was a great chance that the Ravens would come back and win it because they really were dominating the Chiefs in the second half in terms of the Baltimore defense just overpowering. I mean, the Chiefs were smaller. They're gutty. We know that. And let's be honest, the Ravens not only made dumb plays today with turnovers, how many bad mistakes did they make? Flowers with that ridiculous taunting play after his big pass play. Turnovers, bad personal fouls, dumb personal fouls. I mean, roughing the passer plays. I mean, just really ridiculous plays that hurt them throughout the game. And whenever they had a shot, they didn't get the job done. Jackson throws the pick in the middle of the end zone, throws it to a guy who just came in the game fresh. I mean, Kansas City looked like they looked exhausted on defense and they looked beat up on offense, but they found a way and they went on to a 17-10 win. And, you know, it's vintage Kansas City where they have to make a play on third and nine with 219 left. They got to get a first down. It's third and nine or Baltimore's going to get the ball back and have a chance. And he, of course, puts the ball up against the blitz. Scantling, who has had so many problems with drops this year. And remember how many times the Chiefs dropped the ball, even Kelsey dropping the ball. The only guy who didn't really drop the ball was Rice all year. And these guys dropped the ball time after time. And Scantling cradled the ball for a 32-yard gain, which ended the game for all intents and purposes. So uh, very, very tough loss for the Ravens, gutty, gutty win for the Chiefs who didn't score in the second half, who go in and, and win with just 17 points. And let's be honest, their defense did a, just a wonderful job in this game. You were worried if you were a Kansas City backer, you were worried about the Ravens dominating with their running game. They never got that running game going all day. They ran for 81 yards. They made some big plays in the passing game in the second half, but they continued to make mistakes. When they made mistakes, Kansas City got pressure. They blitzed a lot. They got sacks. And although the Kansas City offensive line really had trouble, especially the tackles today, and really looked like it was overmatched in the second half, And Mahomes didn't have much time at all to throw the ball. They got the job done when they had to, and they go on to a big, gutty win. So the Chiefs, who have just been really nothing short of a dynasty in recent years, now in their fourth Super Bowl, looking for their third win in the Andy Reid regime. Mahomes looking for his third Super Bowl victory at a very young age, and they will have a very good chance to do it today. They don't turn the ball over, which was critical. They made the plays when they had to at the most opportune times, despite the fact having no offense in the second half. And the Ravens had bad penalties, bad decisions, and 
big turnovers that turn really, really crushed them. Big win for the Chiefs, who went to Buffalo and won a tough game, went to Baltimore and won a tough game, and now will have to go to Vegas and win another tough game against the San Francisco team, which played a Jekyll and Hyde game today and came on with a huge second-half comeback. Uh, If you watched the first half of this game, you were sitting there with your mouth open, okay? I talked about during the week when I analyzed the game about Detroit has a terrific offensive line. They have very good skill position people. And they have really good explosive players to run the football. They had to run the football to be competitive. I did not think, though, that they would run the football like that and to the tune just crush the Niners in the first half to the tune of 24-7, to and it could have been worse. It really could have been worse. 280 to 132, 148 yards rushing in the first half, the most that Shanahan team has ever given up. 280 yards in the first half of the game. I mean, an extraordinary number against uh, Kansas. I mean, a San Francisco team that just looked out of it in every way, just did not seem in sync, couldn't get the running game going, really just was terrible in the first half of this game. As Shanahan said after the game, we played as badly as we could possibly play in the first half. So we knew we could go out in the third quarter and get the job done. Okay. They could do that. And you knew the Niners at home would come back and play better in the second half. Now they come out. They drive. They get a field goal. They didn't get a touchdown to start it off. They're down 24 to 7. So they don't have a lot of room to make, you know, to, a lot of room for error here. They have to get things done. They get it to 24-10 early in the third quarter. But then, after holding the Lions, they get the two plays that, to me, turn this game completely around. The Ayuk play down the middle where it hits the defender in the face mask. It bounces forward, and Ayuk makes the catch and goes down on about the three-yard line a 51-yard pass play, which set up that first second-half touchdown. A couple plays later, he hits Ayuk in the end zone for the touchdown. Now it's 24-17 with five minutes left in the third quarter, and you're saying, okay, if you're a Niner fan, if you're in the building, the building comes alive, you are right back in the game. You have now come back with 10 big points. It's now a one-score game, and there is a lot of football to be played. But before you even can say that, the Lions have fumbled the ball, and now here is San Francisco with a chance to tie it. Debo makes a play. Purdy runs for a play. McCaffrey makes a play. Now with three minutes left in the third quarter, it's 24 up. Now the place is up for grabs. The place is going nuts, and the Lions have to look at themselves and say, We have a whole quarter to play here. And we have to really just jumpstart the game again. We have to basically say we're at scratch. 24 up. We squandered a 17-point lead in about eight minutes of game time. 
The Niners take the lead, 27-24. Campbell, which is his want, he goes on fourth downs, passes up a 48-yard field goal. That would have tied the game at 27 if they make it. The Niners come down. Purdy makes some big runs. McCaffrey makes a big run, lands on his head. And then they stuff it in the end zone, and it's 34-24, and the Lions now will need a miracle. So the Niners scored on five straight possessions. They got the miracle play from Ayuk. They got the turnover that set up the game-tying touchdown. And then all of a sudden, Purdy was playing with a swagger was playing with the confidence. He had some big runs. He ran for 48 yards in the game and had some really big runs on third down, had some big runs that set up touchdowns. McCaffrey had had to earn every yard. He ran 20 times for 90 yards. He scored a couple of touchdowns. It wasn't an easy game for him, no question. Good game out of Debo, who had eight catches and 90 yards. You had Ayuk, who made some big plays and had a touchdown. And they're up 10. And let's be honest. You can quibble with how the Lions handled those last couple of minutes and those timeouts. They were 10 down. They scored. They were going to need an onside kick. And the onside kick has been, and unfortunately, has been because of the safety measures that were put in on the onside kick. The onside kick is impossible to recover. Let's be honest. It's now two for 43 on the year. It doesn't even get your attention because of what has to be done on the play now and what you are prohibited from doing. The play does not lend itself to any real recoveries. So you knew for most intents and purposes, what the Lions did, though, was they came down the field and they got the backdoor cover. So if you were wagering on the Lions minus a touchdown, you had to say to yourself, hey, you didn't expect to be in a position to win the game. You're only led by double digits for just a fleeting couple of minutes in the entire game. You were behind for three quarters of the game. And so covering the game would have been a miracle considering the game anyway. And you wind up with a 34 31 win for San Francisco and a very, very tough loss for the Lions. As Campbell called it, a rip your heart out loss. And let's be honest, the question I had once the Niners tied the game up was, you're on the road against a heavyweight team. The first time you've been here, you've squandered a 17-point lead. Can you counter? Can you respond? And let's be honest. Goff made some throws where the ball had to be caught. He hit Reynolds on a big fourth down. He didn't catch the ball. He then came back and hit Reynolds in the number, in the numbers, and he didn't catch the ball. The Lions had drops that they haven't had all year. They had plays that should have happened that didn't happen, And as Campbell said, there were very few times this year where my team didn't respond. It did not respond in the second half of this game. He said, we went at halftime. We weren't jumping up and down. We knew they were going to make a run. We talked about how they were going to make make a run. 
They're in their building. They're a powerhouse team. We know they're going to make a run. We know we're going to get hit with some adversity in the second half. We have to overcome that. Well, when they had to overcome that, they couldn't. So when you look at it and say, hey, Lions really did a nice job today. They moved the ball all day on San Francisco. They had 442 yards of offense. You know, they put up 31 points. You know, Goff, I thought, played well. 25 of 41 for 273 and a touchdown. No picks. He had some big drops. Montgomery ran the ball well. Gibbs made some plays. He had a very big fumble. We know that. Williams made some very big plays. He had a big touchdown. Matter of fact, he had two touchdowns. Hey, the bottom line is the Lions can hold their heads high, but right now they don't want to hear that. Right now all they can think about is they had a 17-point lead at the half and were a half away from going to a Super Bowl and having their dream fulfilled. And then they're going to think about all the things that went wrong. But what they should think about is all the things that went right this season for this team. Winning two playoff games at home. Uncovering some really dynamic talent, whether it's Laporta, whether it's Williams or Gibbs, whether it's some of those great offensive linemen who have just had a huge year. That offensive line has been led by Sewell has been sensational. They did a heck of a job this year, and Campbell did a great job. He has taken that franchise that has never been to a Super Bowl, who can dream that dream. And he made a very interesting and I think exactly right statement. He said, you know what? Even if we have a better roster next year, there's no, no guarantees. There's no way we can say that we're going to get back here because it's hard and things have to go right. And everybody has to get in and play hard. And we did that this year. We played as one. We made the sacrifices. We did everything. We worked hard. We have to do the same thing next year or we won't be back. Our division's going to be a lot better. Look at the Packers. And we're going to be now the hunted. We're not going to be a team that can sneak up on anybody anymore. And that comes with the territory. So he said it's going to be very hard to get back here. Even if we're better, it's going to be hard to get back here. And he's 100% right. It's what Pat Riley used to always call the innocent climb. The idea that as you build a championship team and they get knocked off at a certain level, they have to go through an entire training camp. They have to go through an offseason, then an entire training camp, and then the season, and then the early part of the postseason before they get back to the same spot they were last year and then try to advance again. It's a very hard thing to do, and if you think of it in those terms, it's almost daunting. But that's how it is in sports. But the Lions have arrived. Campbell has built 
the team. You know, that first day he took the job, he talked about how, hey, you know what? We're going to be like this city. We're going to fight. We're going to scratch. We're going to claw. When you knock us down, we're going to bite your kneecaps. You know, and everyone loved it. And he went from 0-10 to winning a couple of games the first year to being better in the second year to being great in the third year. They've had a terrific season. And he's become a captivating head coach and a daring head coach who goes for it on fourth downs, who goes for it late in games in the, with the, with, with the two-point conversion, who takes chances, who believes in his team and says, hey, I believe in my guys. And today you watched how his group, which has not gone through this, you know, it's amazing. It just shows you how much rosters turn over. Four years ago, since San Francisco and Kansas City played in the Super Bowl in Miami, check out how many guys were in that game and are still on these teams. It's a handful on one team. It's less than a handful on the other team. On the Chiefs, it's four guys. Counting the kicker, four guys. Not counting the coaches, four guys. And I want to single one guy out here today who, you know what, deserves the credit. Spagnola did an incredible job today with that Kansas City defense. They had to make play after play, and they were almost out on their feet, I thought, in the second half. They were so tired. And Baltimore was bigger, and they were physical, and they were nasty. That game was physical as heck, and I'm telling you, they are a chippy, nasty team, and that was a nasty game. But Kansas City, small as they are, stood in there toe-to-toe and fought with everything they had. And that's who they are. Here's what we know. Andy Reid and Mahomes throw in Kelsey, Chris Jones, et al. They know how to win. That's a group that knows whether it's win ugly, whether it's win with defense, whether it's win any way you can do it, do it. And that's what the Chiefs have become. You know, before Reed got there, Kansas City had been just roaming the desert forever. They were a once-proud franchise with Lenny Dawson and Hank Stram with the offense of the 70s, which won Super Bowl IV. You know, what people forget, that after the Jets destroyed the Colts, the next year the Chiefs were 12-and-a-half-point underdogs to the Vikings, and they embarrassed them. Absolutely embarrassed them as 12-and-a-half-point underdogs. Never a game. Embarrassing what Henry Stram called his offense of the 70s. It didn't become the offense of the 70s. And Chiefs never won another Super Bowl. But they were proud in those days. They had a great rivalry with the Raiders. And they were winners. 
you know, you saw Lamar Hunt's family generations forward standing up there today collecting another AFC championship trophy, going to another Super Bowl, handling it as Andy and Clark Hunt did in a very classy manner. That's the way they do things. But Lamar Hunt, who really was the founding father of the AF, really the founding father of the, AF, of the AFL. He wanted a franchise. He couldn't get the Cowboys, and he wanted a team. And he started a league. He also was the guy responsible for the name Super Bowl. And now his Chiefs, who were smart enough, when Philly decided that Andy just was time to move on because he couldn't win the big one. Yeah, he was getting the title games, but he he went to one Super Bowl, lost by three to the Pats. He couldn't get over the hump. It was time for a change despite winning year after year after year. And the Chiefs spent about an hour connecting with Andy and told him, hey, come here, there's no more stops. And now, look what's going on there. Andy has become one of the storied coaches in the history of this league. Only Bill Belichick has more postseason wins. He's looking for his third Super Bowl. He's won big in two franchises. And he's one of the winningest coaches in the history of the league. He is a giant. He will be remembered forever in NFL lore. And the Chiefs were, were, were smart enough and quick enough to jump on an unemployed Reed who was unemployed for about a couple hours. Or as long as it took him to get to Kansas City. And that's where they are right now. In another Super Bowl. So these two teams have had nothing but success in recent years. They know each other. They've played in the Super Bowl. They have, you know, this is the second trip for the, the, for the Niners in the last five years. We know how much winning the Niners have done in their history. Top of my head, I think this is their eighth Super Bowl. You might want to check me on that, but I think it's their eighth. They've done a prolific amount of winning. And now they're back. You have to feel bad for Detroit. You know this hurts for Baltimore. Bill Cower, who lost a lot of these games as a home favorite and a big favorite. Bill Cower lost three games that I can think off the top of my head in the AFC title game at home as 10-point or better favorites. Those games are brutal to lose. He said it today, and he's 100% right. He says, losing the AFC title game or losing the conference title game in your building as a favorite is the worst loss in football. And I agree with him. The worst loss in football is not losing the Super Bowl. The worst loss is, uh, is losing the AFC title game. Because at least you get to a Super Bowl. 
Now, there is a great disparity between getting to a Super Bowl and winning a Super Bowl because they will ignore you quickly for just getting to a Super Bowl and losing. So there's a great divide there too. But this is the one that really sticks in your head because you've never gotten there. And for the Ravens who were, I was shocked this week. I mentioned it on the podcast during the week. Listen, I was not stunned that people had high regard for Baltimore because they had done some great things this year. I was stunned at how many people thought Kansas City had no chance because Kansas City has been a great live underdog and their defense is underrated. And their quarterback is going to compete. So, listen, they could have wound up losing a three-point game, but you knew they were going to compete in the game no matter what. And you knew they had a heck of a chance to win. Same thing in the Super Bowl. I can tell you right now, if you give me three points, I'm taking Mahomes. I'm not, I, if you give me Mahomes and three points, I'll take them every time and twice on Sunday. Because Kansas City, their kicking game's good. Their kicker makes kicks. Their coach is a terrific coach. He's got a very good staff. That defense is underrated. There's nothing they really can't do. They're not great at everything. They're not great at playing the run. Okay, they give up running yardage. They'll bend but not break. But you know what? They will compete, compete, and compete, and they have some players who can win games. So it's a, it's a really well-matched Super Bowl. It'll be a very interesting Super Bowl. There'll be a lot of people picking both sides. It's very easy to pick Mahomes, very easy to pick the Niners. The Niners have escaped, escaped two years in a row, two weeks in a row. They escaped the Packers. They should have lost. And you could make the case today that they escaped again. Will they have to escape a third time? We'll see. Sometimes it's that kind of year. So I know it's a bitter loss for John Harbaugh and the Ravens and for Jackson, who today made more mistakes than he did big plays. And so did the Ravens make more mistakes today than they did big plays. Will they learn from this? We'll see. Like we said, it's very tough to get back to the same spot. And they were really dominant this year. They beat a lot of winning teams. They beat a lot of teams by more than 14 points. They were a very impressive regular season team. But they got outplayed in the first half today, and they couldn't get over the hump in the second half. Kudos to the Lions for what they accomplished this year. There's no other way around that. And now Kansas City and San Francisco playing a Super Bowl in a place where I have to frankly tell you, I never thought I'd see a Super Bowl in my lifetime. And that was in Vegas. But it's a different world now, as we know. Gambling is viewed in a very different way. It is now an enormous revenue stream and nothing else. So all the high-mindedness and all the nonsense that the NFL used to spew about gambling, they now embrace it with both hands because they are the greediest people in the world. Interesting championship Sunday. 
Very interesting one. A physical, just absolutely brutal battle in Baltimore. And a tale of two halves in San Francisco. Enjoy your evening. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. 